re-energize your heart. And you see, everything in the human, watch this, everything in the human mind just is repelled by this. We say the world's going to hell. People need to be saved. Lives need to be changed. Activity must go on. Work must proceed. Progress must be made. So what do we do? We sit down and we be quiet and we just listen. And the carnal-minded man says, man, you'll never get it done sitting down doing nothing. Now, I didn't say how long you sit. You see, that's the key. You watch this. The key to effectiveness in serving God is the word balance. Now, watch this. There not only must be service for God. If it's all service, you're going to get out of balance. Any man who gets out of balance before long is going to have a curvature of his spirit. Did you get that? Any man who gets out of balance on the other side is likewise going to have a curvature of the spirit. God intends for us to be balanced. That is, fellowship with him first, followed by service for him second. And once it gets all on this side, not enough on this side, you're out of balance. God has balanced the thing beautifully. And that's why he said, first of all, he made them for himself to fellowship with him. Secondly, then to preach and proclaim the gospel of Christ. But we've misunderstood what he said. The second thing I want you to notice is that we have misdirected our priorities. Not only have we misunderstood that our number one priority is fellowship, we've misdirected our priorities. Now, a beautiful example of this is found in uh, Luke chapter 10. You remember, beginning in verse 38, you remember that Mary and Martha, uh, who loved the Lord Jesus Christ, and they were intimate friends, just loved each other, Lazarus, their brother. You see... Martha had the right idea when, uh, when um, the Lord Jesus Christ came. She did the natural, normal thing. She wanted to prepare him a delicious lunch or dinner. So she got in the kitchen, and she got to wrestling uh, uh, pots and pans and uh, or, uh, earthenware, whatever they had then, and uh, she was getting everything just right and uh, kneading the dough and uh, preparing the drink, everything. She was just busy, busy, busy. Now listen, her motive was as pure as pure gold. Nothing wrong with her motive, and he never questioned her motive. It wasn't a matter of her preferring that over Jesus. It was not a matter that Mary loved Jesus more than Martha did. They loved him probably equally as well. But you see, it was a matter of misdirected priorities. First was fellowship with him, not service to him. You see, Mary loved him and Martha loved him. Mary knew that the most important thing in her life was to get him by herself and just listen to him. Let him speak to her heart and feel the warmth and the intimacy and the power and the love and the mercy and the grace and the kindness of a holy God expressed through him. Martha wanted the same thing. It's just that she let her pride just get out of place. And while she was busying herself, watch this, Mom. She got so busy doing the thing that she thought was necessary, then you know what she did? She got a little irritated because she not only wanted to get the dinner prepared, but she didn't quite like it that Mary was in there getting all the blessing while she was in the kitchen getting her hands dirty. Now, I want to tell you something. When you don't put fellowship first, I guarantee in the service of God, you'll get irritated. And you'll want to blame somebody. And you begin to look around and say, why doesn't he do so-and-so? Why doesn't she do thus-and-so? You see, when our priorities get out of, out of place, we get critical, we get discouraged, we get down in the mouth, then we'll look for somebody to blame. Mary chose, he said, the better part. Now, eating dinner was great, but that's secondary. First is fellowship with Jesus Christ. And my friend, unless it is first in your life, you're going to find irritations, 
you're going to find frustrations that quiet, warm, intimate, wonderful fellowship with him can soothe beautifully. But when you get so active and you don't have time for him, after a while, what happens? Your old nervous system begins to react, your self-image goes down, criticize others, look around you to criticize your circumstances and your environment. Nothing is right. And the problem is not your circumstance, but your attitude. Your priorities are all confused. Thanks for joining us today for In Touch, the teaching ministry of Dr. Charles Stanley. Remember, Jesus intends for you to periodically pause the activity you do for Him and spend time with Him. We'll wrap up this message and our discipleship series tomorrow. To review what you heard today, click on Today on Radio at InTouch.org. And that's where you can learn more about how to spend time with Jesus in a way that transforms your thinking. If you'd like to have a copy of Dr. Stanley's complete message, you can order it from our online bookstore. The title is The Disciples' Fellowship. It's also included in our teaching set called To Be a Disciple. Again, that's intouch.org or call 1-800-IN-TOUCH. You can write to us at In Touch, Post Office Box 7900, Atlanta, Georgia 30357. Effective service that lasts for eternity begins with spending time with Jesus. Today's moment with Charles Stanley is on the way. We've all experienced seasons of loss, times when we are thriving and moments when things seem to fall apart. These stages can often leave us feeling unsure of how to move forward, needing to rebuild. The InTouch Rebuild Workbook is a resource that will help you rebuild and form a life of sustaining faith and intimacy with God. Begin your journey today. Visit InTouch.org rebuild. Are you a go-getter who doesn't need a lot of help? That characteristic might be getting in the way of your dependence on Christ. Here's a moment with Charles Stanley. You know why we do not fellowship with the Lord like we ought to? Now listen. A man does what he knows is needful for him. So if you can get up on Monday morning and face the week and just head out to work and work all day and come home, read the newspaper, watch the television, go to bed, do that six days a week, and then on Saturday night, Man, you pull out the Bible and a Sunday school quarterly, you have missed the point. Because you know what you're saying? You have a tremendous, a tremendous misunderstanding of your potential. You have been programmed to think that you can do it without God. You say, no, I don't think that. Yes, you do. You see, what I do says something about what I feel. If I say, oh, I love God, I know I'm dependent upon Him, but I take off and give Him no thought. Our problem is a misunderstanding of our potential, my friend. He says, apart from me, ye can do nothing. And our lives are ineffective apart from fellowship with him because it is in that fellowship that he prepares us to deal with others and to become what other people need. What makes you think that you, within your own carnal self, that you are sufficient to feed men with your life when you've not been fed with him? You say, I'm not a feeder. Yes, you are. If you are a believer, you are a feeder of men. You may be feeding them what's left over, or you may be feeding them what's building them up, but you are. You can learn more about how to rely on the strength and energy of God at intouch.org. Tomorrow on InTouch, the strength and wisdom of God can be accessed only through a relationship with Him. 
We'll wrap up our series on discipleship Thursday on In Touch, the teaching ministry of Dr. Charles Stanley. This program is a presentation of In Touch Ministries, Atlanta, Georgia, and remains on this station through the grace of God and your faithful prayers and gifts. Welcome to Breakpoint, a daily look at an ever-changing culture through the lens of unchanging truth. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. Back in 2017, the Supreme Court ruled that to deny a church an otherwise available public benefit on account of its religious status is to violate the Free Exercise Clause of the Constitution. In that case, Trinity Lutheran Church of Columbia v. Comer, a Missouri church that operated a licensed preschool and daycare facility, applied for state funding that was set aside for qualifying organizations to purchase recycled tires to resurface playgrounds. Trinity Lutheran met all the qualifications of the program, but the state informed them that a grant would violate a state constitutional provision that no money shall ever be taken from the public treasury, directly or indirectly, in aid of any church, section, or denomination of religion, end quote. Well, Trinity Lutheran sued, claiming that because of the Free Exercise Clause in the First Amendment, a government benefit cannot be withheld solely because of religion. In his majority decision, Chief Justice John Roberts agreed, writing this, quote, The exclusion of Trinity Lutheran from a public benefit for which it is otherwise qualified solely because it is a church is odious to our Constitution and cannot stand. The Trinity Lutheran case was just six years ago. But in a case of those who forget history are doomed to repeat it, Colorado is the latest state to forget something about which the court has been very clear. This is the inaugural year of Colorado's Universal Preschool Program, which funds 15 hours of preschool a week for every child in the state. To be a part of the program, the state's requiring that preschools sign a service agreement, and that includes a commitment to not discriminate on the basis of sexual orientation or so-called gender identity. Well, in August, the Denver Catholic Archdiocese, which operates 36 preschools that serve 1,500 kids a year, filed a lawsuit noting that this service agreement would force them to hire teachers and administrators who do not hold to their faith commitments. Recently in Massachusetts, state officials denied an adoption license to a Catholic couple, claiming that their faith made them unsupportive of transgender ideology. Similarly, the state of Oregon denied an adoption license to a young widowed mother because she did not commit to taking a hypothetically gender-confused hypothetical kid to a gender clinic. Years ago, in a Breakpoint commentary, Chuck Colson described the jury selection process and the trial of Jack Kevorkian, a doctor that was accused of helping at least 27 of his patients kill themselves. Kevorkian's lawyer attempted to ban anyone who said their Christian faith forbade suicide from serving on that jury, claiming that that belief would make them unfairly biased. Here was Chuck's analysis. The logic of Kevorkian's defense attorney could be applied to any criminal trial. If potential jurors can be excluded for believing that assisted suicide is immoral, what will be the next step? Will the attorneys of accused murderers be permitted to exclude jurors whose religion teaches that life is sacred? Well, more than 25 years after Chuck Colson said those things, that dismal hypothetical seems well less hypothetical. As the Colorado, Massachusetts, Oregon stories all reveal, some public officials are so hostile to the Christian faith, they'd rather allow children to sleep on office floors of government buildings and remain in juvenile detention centers rather than go to a home if the parents are religious. Of course, there must always be moral restrictions around who can and cannot adopt children and operate a preschool. Restrictions are necessary to protect children. However, some states are now operating from a moral framework that has everything exactly backwards. Claiming to protect children, they instead put them in danger, subject to irreversible physical, psychological, and emotional damage. 
So people of faith are told that they need not apply for adoption licenses, for preschool programs, for serving on juries, for feeding the homeless, for advocating for the preborn or caring for the sick and dying. Well, who do they imagine will take their place? For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with Breakpoint. For more resources, visit breakpoint.org. Ministries Without Boundaries presents the power of gospel music featuring the legendary Pastor Shirley Caesar singing all her hit singles. I remember Mama and the love of Jesus. Friday, October 6th at the Melbourne Auditorium, 625 East Hibiscus Boulevard, Melbourne, Florida. Also featuring Marilyn Anderson, Anderson Stephanie, Stephanie McRae, McRae, Angela Weaver, Joan Nesbitt, Veronica, Veronica Paolo, Carly Nephew, and Miss Daniel Plummer. You don't want to miss it. For more information, call 718-781-0671. That's 718-781. 781-0671 Melbourne Auditorium October 6th